Hi there. Welcome to this fifth episode of the Home and Finance Podcast. You might have thought that I was going to say Home and Finance Markets Podcast, and that's what this podcast had been called or has been called for the past couple of weeks since I started it in December. However, after thinking about it some, I realized that going through this, I really want to create my own brand and create this podcast that's a little bit separate from the home and finance content that I create. Now, what I mean by that is I don't necessarily want to throw the name home and finance everywhere because that seems a little repetitive. So from here on out, this podcast will be called the Money and Markets Podcast presented by home and finance. In my view, that creates an opportunity for me to create a new logo, uh, go forward with the branding in a slightly different way. I won't necessarily need to use the HF name to the same degree that I would if I was going forward with the old home and finance markets name. So from here on out, as you see on your device, wherever you're listening to your podcast, whether it's on Apple Podcasts, Google, uh, Spotify, or on my public podcast website, you'll see that this podcast is now called the Money and Markets Podcast. And in the logo, I'll make sure to denote that this is presented by Home and Finance. So we're all clear there. So to be frank, I really wanted to take this podcast and talk about compound interest because I feel that is one of the most important topics that is necessary to understand as an investor. However, with the recent events that had gone on in Washington last week, I felt that compound interest can be discussed just about any day of the week, month, or year. But this current event really seems to have a place in people's hearts and minds right now, and perhaps not for the best. So what I really wanted to do with today's episode is not necessarily to discuss the political aspect of this, but instead to talk about how this event and how recent events have impacted the standing of social media companies. So I wanted to give a little full, a little bit of a full disclosure here at the start. I'm an investor in Facebook. I've held those shares uh, for about two years, perhaps a little longer than that. I started buying in July of 2018. That company is obviously the largest social media company in the world. They benefit from extensive network effects. Their Facebook shops that they launched, obviously their integration with Instagram, WhatsApp, and their other various apps and business segments. And so I'd like to say that from the beginning, just so you know that I do have a little bit of a bias in this regard, but I don't ultimately feel it's best to hide that in, in an effort to save face or to spew my own views on things that might or might not have that uh, self-interest at heart. And so we saw earlier, I think it was either early this week or late last week, that Twitter lost about $5 billion in market cap, perhaps more, after they banned President Trump from using their platform, I suppose indefinitely. And I believe Facebook came out with the same action and certainly lost even more. I think it was something close to $30 billion in their valuation. And I'd like to give a little reason as to why. So you might be curious why that's the case. I think the idea is that a figure such as President Trump 
brings a lot of attention to whatever platform he's on. I mean, a lot of people are curious to see what he says. Obviously, of, of course, others are curious on other presidents and uh, many different political figures. Let's be frank, he brings a lot of drama to whatever platform he's in, and people want to see that for better or worse. The, uh, the concern with Twitter is that it is a news-centric platform, more so than Facebook that, that is really focused on family, friends, and groups. You know, Twitter is really about what is the press secretary tweeting at this moment, what's the latest news that has come out with, in any capacity, in any field. I think a lot of people turn to Twitter first. I know I do when it comes to stock news or other uh, avenues. I think there's there's few better sources of quick news than Twitter and those who work and operate on that platform. So I think there's concern there. However, it, whether this ultimately impacts the long-term earnings prospects of this of these companies, remains to be seen. I think, you know, President Trump is one figure, that's for sure. Whether others have defected uh, will be seen. I think, from what I gather, all the social media companies seem to have removed a lot of QAnon users and different uh, far-right or right-wing extremist groups and people of that ilk. So, you know, I think there's room for them to clean up their platforms and to maybe even get in the good graces of some of those in government. Obviously, we know if you are or if you happen to be in the social media space or maybe you invest in one of these companies, you're aware that Facebook, Google, and those companies are under antitrust pressure. I think the most starkly under pressure being Facebook. So ultimately, we know that these companies are going to need a little bit of wiggle room and they would like the good graces of their regulators, let's be frank. So it's something where it's funny, you know, I'll be honest, I, you might agree with me. I think a lot of people don't like Mark Zuckerberg. They don't like what he stands for and the decisions that he's made over the past however many years. I think a lot of people agreed with this decision and were happy to see President Trump get booted from the network, uh, the social network. And I told my sister actually the other day that it's funny, if people are agreeing with Mark Zuckerberg in this world, uh, perhaps something is off. And I say that with the utmost respect for him. You know, I'm an investor in his company. I'm self-interested in their success, but I am fully self-aware enough to recognize that a lot of people are not big fans of him and his ethics and Sheryl Sandberg and all those other people who either founded Facebook or have taken it and become allowed it to become what it is today for better or worse. There's also the issue of free speech that a lot of people are raising. So here's my thoughts on this. If Facebook, Twitter, and all these other social media companies have their own terms of terms of service and TOCs and such, terms of conditions, and you violate those, you should be able to be booted out of that, whether you are the president or you are just a layman citizen like myself or anybody else, frankly. If you show no compassion or regard for those rules that you are under, that you've agreed to, then you don't really have a right to be there. And especially if you incite violence and have all those 
those other problems that arise with that sort of content. I mean, I think in a couple of years, what's going to go on with these social media companies is that people and advertisers, I should say, advertisers will really respect and appreciate the fact that these companies will, I think, eventually self-regulate their platforms. Now, what I mean by that is if I'm Coca-Cola or I'm Disney or any other large firm, I want to make sure the place where I am advertising is not only safe, they have a terms of conditions that is followed and enforced, that they have fair rules and that they don't have violence or any sort of extreme content on either side. I mean, you know, violence, it doesn't even have to be like political. In this case, it's political, right? But if someone said, hey, I'm going to do this to that person, even if it's uh, not political, then, you know, we don't want to see that if we are an advertiser. So this could end up being something where Facebook and Twitter benefit from working with the regulators and making sure they put in that goodwill where they're able to say, hey, we're self-regulating and making sure that our content or rather the content that we allow on our site is safe, friendly. It's a friendly environment. We want people to come and have a fun time and connect with their friends or with influencers. Of course, Facebook and uh, Instagram, I should say, really is, is, and Twitter, both of those have so many influencers on their platform. Content moderation could be the next phase that social media has to go through. And while perhaps you might say that it, it should have gone through that years ago, I suppose some things take time. Uh, I think, frankly, Mark Zuckerberg is not one to take these things into his own hands. I think perhaps Jack Dorsey same. And I think the reason for that, honestly, is money and perception. Because with politics, it seems that no matter what decision these guys made at the top, people are going to be upset. It's interesting because I read over the weekend, I believe, that the Chancellor of Germany, Angela Merkel, and I believe officials from France as well, so two countries in the EU had officials that were not big fans of Facebook and Twitter removing President Trump for all of his different comments and content that have arised recently. And I thought to myself, I respect all of you that are making these comments. However, it really just seems like you're saying, okay, we want the lawmakers to make this choice. Fine, I get it. They are a political figure. They're governmental figure. However, these companies do have a TOC. They have their own private platform. This is not a government entity. Of course, if you want to make it that, that's a whole other story. But Facebook and Twitter are a private company, publicly traded, of course, private in the sense that they have their own rules. The government only has so far that they can go. It's just interesting to see because so many people lauded the decision that Mark Zuckerberg and Jack Dorsey made that it's surprising to see people actually go against it on a large scale or at least in a, such a public fashion as did the Chancellor of Germany, Angela Merkel. And I think the last point I want to discuss here is whether you want to invest in a company whose success is predicated on other people's content. See, there's a double-edged sword with that, and I think it's very interesting. On the one hand, let's start with the negatives. The, the downside of other people's content in 
Facebook and Twitter and Snapchat's case is that they ultimately will be resp- held responsible for cr- not creating, but for regulating, making sure that it's, as I mentioned, safe, that they don't have anything that they don't want and that other people are going to be upset about. And I think that puts them in a tough spot because they, of course, want to accept anything that brings views. So, of course, they're not exactly thrilled to make the decision with President Trump and ban him from their services. But in the context of their business model, the downside, as I mentioned, is that they will need to be regulating whatever is put up. They don't necessarily control what other people post, but they do control what stays up, if that makes sense. Because they don't control other people's minds, at least not yet. Uh, but ultimately, they, they need to make sure that their content is, uh, their published content and what, they, what stays on their platform is something that they want to show to the community or the town square, as they put it. And so that's the downside here. But the big, really big plus of their models for both Facebook and Twitter, and I guess more so Facebook, is that they don't focus on content creation at all. They don't need to make something that goes viral. They simply host it on their website and create a quote-unquote safe space, I suppose, for people who are interested to post their Facebook for friends and family, as I mentioned, Twitter maybe for news and quick hits, and then Snapchat for younger uh, folks certainly, and for just funny things, you know, filters and all of that, although Instagram is stealing that a bit, or they're adapting it, I should say, but the point is, you know, the positive of creating a social media company and using that network effect that they have and building it over time is that they're able to leverage their size and their ability to host all these people who are creating content in many different ways videos, photos, games, anything of that sort. And so I think an investment in a company like Facebook is really simply a bet on human nature and social nature, us wanting to connect with friends, see what else is going on with others. Of course, there's a bit of vanity in that pursuit, but I do think Facebook is not going away anytime soon whether there's some sort of regulation in the future that could happen. I don't think it will be anything that is extensive. But I think the ultimate takeaway for you as an investor is that certain events, like what happened last week, can affect your investments materially, even if you feel like they don't. From the outset, you might think, well, this probably doesn't matter to my investments specifically. Like even if I'm a social media company, you know, people storming the capital or, or having creating that wreck, you know, that might be good overall. And that was the argument actually for a couple of people online. I read that, you know, the capital riots actually boosted people's engagement online, which makes sense. But then that kind of got washed away when President Trump was banned from those services. So The takeaway I'd like you to have here is I want you to think about for this week and going forward, think about how current events, especially those that have recently happened, can affect your 
stocks, individual stocks, and also the indices or any other investments that you hold, whether that's commodities such as gold or silver. If you have Bitcoin, let's say there's regulations that come out or some sort of actions that are taken against or for it. If you have specific companies, obviously I've given you a little bit of an idea on how that works over the past couple of weeks and of course today. And so I want you to think about how current events shape the investing landscape going forward, how you can think about things a little deeper with regard to, for example, with social media, how engagement is really the golden egg that they are all chasing. And then the further point or the logic would lead you to the question, what exactly drives engagement? Well, in this case, it's celebrities, figureheads, people who others want to listen to, follow, watch their tweets, watch their Facebook posts. That becomes perhaps more concerning or more important than we might think on its face. And so instead of making an episode that was focused only on this current event and this social media uh, sort of crackdown, I thought it would be better to make this a little more applicable to other situations that you might face in the future. Of course, there are many different sectors of the economy, many different investments. We're not even, this doesn't just apply to stocks. I mean, this applies to commodities, bonds, when you think of the Fed, what decisions they make and how that's intertwined into your ETFs, mutual funds and such. Think of just about any asset class and there's some sort of current events, news, developments that will shape how you think about your money and sometimes make you question whether you're making the right choice. Uh, Frankly, over the past two years, there have been some times when I've thought, you know, maybe am am I making the wrong decision in staying in this company? And that's not necessarily just Facebook. I'm also in Alibaba, as you might know. I'm in a couple other companies too. And I've been in other investments over the past two to three years, especially. And of course, any investor is going to have doubts. Any person has doubts with their decisions as simple as uh, perhaps just what I like to have a PB&J for lunch, or maybe I should make something a little more elaborate today. So I think there's multiple takeaways from this episode. The primary one that I'd like you to think about is how are your investments going to change in the future specifically what events in the future might change them so if you're looking at let's say DraftKings which is a company I followed for many months I happen to be an investor in there as well what type of news from let's say New York State or others is going to move that stock up or down in this case in my view it's going to be whether whether states are willing and open to legalizing mobile sports betting, whether they're able to mobilize online gaming as well. Slightly different, you might learn as you go forward, you know, sports betting is strictly sports and online gaming is, uh, you know, those different casino games that take place, but on your phone. I think that's a very cool concept, but we'll get into that in a separate episode. The real crux of all this is that I think you need to take a look at what you're in right now, what are you invested in? What would change your thesis in either direction? How 
to your investments currently trade or move? What sort of news causes that to happen? And is there a point where you might consider selling out of your position or perhaps moving to something else? I think it's key to understand where our breaking points are and when we're just tired of dealing with something that is not working out. I think that's also a key thing to understand as an investor. When something's not working, you might want to stay or you might not want to. It's up to you. Every investment has to be taken on a case-by-case basis. And that's why I'm giving you this info because I don't know